0: Here, at Visit with Spirit, we are not out to prove or disprove anything. We are not asking anyone to believe or not believe. We are asking that you, the listener, are compassionate to what our guests have experienced, whether or not you believe, that you respect their journey as we help them on their path of healing.
1: Welcome to Visit with Spirit. We're here to listen to stories from those who have had a paranormal experience, as well as to help them process, understand, and feel good about it.
0: Via The electronics. But as mediums, we're not always getting stuck energy, which is generally what the equipment picks up, the earthbound. We pick up not just that, but we also pick up spirits that have crossed over that might be just hanging out in the area. Or non-human spirits altogether. As mediums, you pick up a whole wide range of stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually had a dream last night that I was at a party and
1: I was like, hang on, I need a pen and paper. And I started like doing channeled writing in my dream last night. So I don't know where I was or what I was doing. Yeah, I was like, I picked up on something somewhere. All I know is it's a white ranch house. Oh, interesting. And there's something in the basement and there's a portal and it's near the bottom of the stairs next to some cinder blocks like I had a picture of it and I was like huh so could be subconscious junk could have been remote viewing in my sleep astral traveling yeah astral traveling any of that so it's hard to tell sometimes but I just keep it in the back of my mind to kind of pay attention wait a second I might know this house
2: <laughs> oh <No! laughs>
1: Can, can oh man! I you a
2: little more. I just want to see if I
1: if I can confirm this. So, all I know is that I was in in the kitchen. Oh man, it was it very you know not not updated, but not like super old. If I was at the kitchen table, I would be facing the stove with the window on the right, the refrigerator behind me. I believe next to the refrigerator was the door to the living room, and that's all I remember was it was really just the kitchen but at the bottom of the basement stairs there's a corner and it's cinder block and it's fairly new like it's newer cinder block but there's something that comes out that has it almost wears a hood and its face is dark what else came up what colors were in the kitchen so like what did the kitchen look like it was bright it was like whites and yellows greens maybe a little bit of gray I think the kitchen window faced east, like when the morning sun comes in. Oh. Or the or even west afternoon, I don't know what time of day it was, like I said I was at a party. And there was a male there that I didn't know who it was. And he had dark skin, dark hair. And he was the one that gave me the paper and the pen. And I remember there was something about like I started to write family and I crossed it out and then mexican family wrote itself out and it was almost in like the um the day of the dead streamers
0: oh interesting
1: yeah it was like a, an image like a drawing whatever on the line uh, i think that's yeah i can't there's there's not a whole lot but i remember just being like i had to put everything down and be like hang on like and i thought it was a house that one of my friends owned she's female But I also know that that's not her house in real life. So I don't know where I was. It's very interesting.
2: Oh, my old house is a white Cape Cod that has black shutters. The kitchen was completely white. But when we ripped out the cabinets, it was green underneath from the previous remodel. Oh. And, but we redid the cabinets. But we have, the basement is white cinder block. Mm. And... We did have definitely some experiences in the house. And the family that bought our house, their last name is Hispanic.
1: Interesting. Oh, We might have to leave this in the recording, folks. This is the pre-show banter that goes on at Visit with Spirit. (laughs)
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, the male ghost, the, the only thing I can think of with that is it was my uncle's house. Mm-hmm. And my uncle uh, actually passed away last year. So oh. I don't know if he's coming back to visit the house
1: or not. Because they lived there for a good 50 years. Oh, wow. So maybe I tuned in a little bit last night. So, yeah, that's
2: so funny to me how in the kitchen you not only picked up the colors it was but what it had been previously. So when my uncle bought it, the kitchen was that green color you were describing, but then they remodeled it to the white. So it kind of sounds like you were picking up on how he remembered the kitchen.
1: Oh yeah, maybe.
2: (sighs) Oh, I got goosebumps. (laughs) Oh yeah. So if I'm guessing maybe if He's been visiting. He's noticed a new family because it was our family for a long time.
1: Mm -hmm. So maybe
2: he's noticed there's a family living there now that is not related to us.
1: Yeah. Oh. The person that handed me the notebook was different than the thing in the cellar. There were two different
0: things happening there, or two different energies. So, Lisa, do you remember how you found the portal in my house? Yes. I wonder if that was the guy you sent off to the beach.
1: Oh, could have been. Yeah, he looked a little bit, he looked different though, but I didn't look at him. Definitely felt like a little bit different energy. That's very interesting though. Got the name Eric. I don't, I don't know. So it pops in there. So. Wait, For is this about the White House? Yeah.
2: Eric lives next door.
1: Oh. Oh, well, <laughs>
2: and they were friends with my uncle when they lived there.
0: Wow, oh my gosh, Lisa. Whoop! <laughs> well, then you yeah. did some pre tuning in. Look at I you, so. wow, yeah, that is really, really funny.
1: So, that's the, the pre show today, folks. Uh, welcome to Visit with Spirit. <laughs> I'm your host, Lisa.
0: And I'm your host, JD.
1: And today we have guest Michelle on, and we're going to ask her a little bit about her experiences. Clearly, pre-show, we gave you guys a little bit more. Michelle, tell us about your experiences at that house. Clearly, there's a, there's a lot going on there. There's a few stories that I think that uh, you could probably share with us and shed a little bit more light on this location. That's
2: really, really funny to me because, like I was saying, you were seeing the house as it was when he lived there when my uncle lived there that's so funny to me you know and that kind of in my personal experience with spirit I think that's what's been consistent with me too is that they will show you as they see it you know Mm -hmm. not necessarily as it is so that's so interesting to me it's so funny too that you picked up the green because when we moved in it was all white cabinets and it, it needed to be redone. But like you said, it was, it, it was old, but it wasn't like, you know, and like bad or anything. It was just dated, but in, in good shape. So when we ripped everything out, that one was underneath. It was green underneath. That's so funny to me, but, um, wow. yeah, so that, that was our last house and it was a family home It had been my aunt and uncle's home since the fifties. You know, I don't think there was really experiences in the beginning, but it was more actually the experiences we had after one of our cats died. <laughs> mm. It's so funny. It is, I'll tell you this, the story of ghost cat. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so funny because earlier we were discussing, you know, sometimes the spirits you have interactions with are not always human spirits. Yes. Yeah. We had a cat my um, husband's father unfortunately uh, passed away suddenly and um, he had four cats and we ended up buying a house to adopt the cats because there was no one to take them and they were going to go to the pound. and unfortunately you know what happens with older cats when they go to a shelter they stay there most of the time and it's very sad. so we didn't want to let that happen so um we uh, actually bought the house from my aunt and uncle and took the cats. We took the cat to the vet, got them all checked out, make sure their vaccines were all up to date, everything. Uh, this cat, George, uh, he had a clean bill of health. We brought him home. Two days later, he's dead on the floor. And we were horrified. We rushed him to the emergency clinic. They confirmed he had passed. And they said he had a heart attack. Oh. So we were obviously devastated. This cat, you know, just a few days before, totally clean bill of health, and uh, now he's dead on the floor. So um, they said sometimes there's no symptoms; it just kind of happens, like with people. You know, you don't see it coming. His story was a little bit unique. He had been a test cat, and we don't know what he had been injected with mm. um, before he had been adopted. So um unfortunately there were a lot of unknowns with him but he passed and we were really sad but then a couple days later we're seeing him but he's just you know here and there just seeing him for a second and then he's gone and we didn't say anything to each other (laughs) because we were (laughs) like the cat passed the cat's not here this is nuts then one day we're just like it was confirmed A couple people had seen this cat in the house after he passed. Wow. Wow. It wasn't just us. And uh, we're like, no, that cat had passed away. It was, it was really bizarre. And he was uh, always in the laundry room, trying to hang out in the laundry room. And he hung out in the basement where you saw the white cinder blocks. That's where he hung out. So another one of the cats we adopted from, the father was named Betsy. And she was a black and white cow cat. And George protected Betsy, is what I was told. They were always together. And so it started to be noticing that if you saw Betsy, you would see a flicker of George somewhere in the area. So it was very, very sweet. So it was kind of assumed that maybe he was there helping Betsy because Betsy was a very skittish cat. Unfortunately, a few years later, Betsy got breast cancer. We were actually her fourth owners. Uh, she had not been spayed was seven. Wow. And uh, she developed breast cancer and passed away. Since Betsy passed away, George disappeared. Oh. <laughs> so oh. uh, that was quite a, a, a kind of a sweet experience. Sad, but also sweet. And so it was kind of decided that maybe, maybe he had waited for her. You know, he knew that she, he would, she would be scared without him. So he stayed. And then when she passed, they both, you know, they both went together.
0: Aww.
2: So that was the last time we saw him is after, she, you know, when she passed.
0: I love animal energy. And I, you know, I'll say when I do house cleansings, that those are the energies that I leave. If I see animal energy, unless it's being destructive, I, I don't, I let them kind of have their space. Yeah, the only other really experience we had in that
2: house was my father-in-law who had passed. We think he might have paid a couple visits. <laughs> oh, wow. um, yeah, the the most, the one that stands out the most in my mind actually was, it was a cape, so the bathroom was downstairs. So, you know, if you need to use the washerman that you had to come downstairs and there were bedrooms downstairs. And uh, for a while, Betsy liked to sleep in one of the bedrooms downstairs. That was just her preference. Like I had said before, she was very skittish. So she would kind of find a place she liked and kind of hang out there. So one night, I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I'm in the washroom. And I hear my husband talking to Betsy very clearly. Betsy! Betsy! Clear as day. So I say, I'll be right out, you know, just a second. I'm thinking he came downstairs to use the washroom as well. So. I get out of the bathroom, I look around, nobody's downstairs. Nobody. I'm like, oh, maybe he went back to bed. So I go upstairs and I say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, um, the bathroom's free. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, you were just downstairs talking to Betsy. And he goes, no, I wasn't.
0: Oh.
2: I was like, very, but again, very sweet. You know, he was just talking to her very sweetly, Betsy, Betsy. And he was just talking to her like sweet, like your owner would talk, like baby talk to her. And, um, you know, for a second, you know, you you get that kind of moment of, like, spooked. But then when you think about it, you're like, this is nice. It was actually very, very sweet. Oh, I love that. So it was, it was more, nothing bad, you know, mostly just kind of interactions between family that had passed and family that was still here. So that was about it. But it was a family home for so long. So there wasn't really, I guess, much to disturb. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When we we remodeled, you know, everyone was still living. They were aware of the remodeling, you know, nothing like that. So I'm not sure if maybe, maybe things are being disturbed now and maybe activity has kicked up. Who knows? I'm not there anymore. so I'm not sure, but I'm wondering if that's what you were tuning into because now it's transferred to no longer being in the family mm-hmm. yeah maybe there's some activity i don't know
1: but it could just be that i was picked up on on certain things but because i was sleeping the the dream state kind of kicked in and, and built a story around the energy that i was picking up and and kind of tweaked it a little bit so you know it's it's interesting that when you get messages in your dreams like that sometimes they can be very clear i've seen a lot of times where I would try to get a message and I would try to read it and it's completely illegible. And there's other times where I can read it clear as a bell, but I can't remember it when I wake up. So it was interesting in this dream that I was able to write clearly and reread what I wrote without the words changing too much, without the paper change, because a lot of times that happened. So like I said, it could have been a combination of astral projection or remote viewing, along with some of the subconscious dream state, kind of, like I said, building building a story around the
0: information that I was given. Sometimes what happens too, especially before you have, even though today was not meant to be a mediumship session, when spirit knows that you're going to connect with another medium they will sometimes go ahead of the go ahead of the schedule so you might have not even have been traveling he might have just been showing you the image so you might have actually had a visitation cuz sometimes visitations for me you're not necessarily looking at the spirit but if they do what's called i call an overlay So if I'm awake and conscious and I'm doing the session, sometimes a spirit will kind of sit down, not in, but just lightly enough that I can look through their eyes. So I'm not looking at them. I'm seeing what they're seeing. So he might have kind of done that so that you are seeing the space and not him, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just bummed I didn't see the cats.
1: So I know, know. (laughs) but now see, I'm curious now I don't get a lot of animal energy other than, you know, my own pets. So I have a dog, Taco. Taco isn't the brightest bulb on the tree, but he tries. (laughs) So he doesn't pick up on a lot of the things that I pick up on, but he's older. He's going to be 14 in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed he kind of just stops and stares at certain things. He seems to hear things that not everybody hears. So he and I have been spending a lot more time together than we used to, but it's in more quiet moments like that where we're both kind of, you know, in this meditative listening state. But otherwise, I don't see a lot of animal spirits. I don't pick up on a lot of animal spirits unless I'm meditating and I have a little bit of a shamanic meditation. So I'm really curious, Jay and Michelle, like what animal spirit interactions
0: the two of you have had. Oh, I've had a lot a lot michelle i'll let you go first
2: (laughs) okay i've had several i think one of the first ones i had when i realized there was an interaction with an animal spirit is i went to a conference in cape may and there was this dog and i knew it was a spirit you know it wasn't it didn't look like a, a full physical dog and it was this white and black kind of border collie looking dog and I saw it in the living room of the house we were in and uh. I was very happy and excited, but it, it didn't seem distressed at all. It was just kind of like, Ooh, there's people here and was just like running around and happy. And so I asked somebody else, I'm like, did you, did you see a, like a dog in here that looked like a ghost dog or something? And they said, yeah. And I said, what did it look like? And they saw the same dog I saw. So that kind of confirmed to me, yes you know i'm not hallucinating here it, it was a happy guy or girl i don't know what it was you know, but <laughs> it was a happy happy dog yeah it was just i don't i don't know exactly why it had not crossed over maybe it had just lived in that house a long time and it was content and that was it not sure but that's the first time i remember like having like knowing like this is a spirit dog but he was it was
0: just a happy guy you know <laughs> I love that. I don't know if I have a first memory of I think it just happens so often when I'm doing mediumship or when I'm doing a house cleansing. I will get a lot of a lot of squirrels, especially in the attics. when I'm house cleansing, and I go into people's spaces, I will see squirrels. I will see cats that hang around the property. But I will say pretty early on in my gallery experience, my own dog from childhood would start coming through to either help other people's pets come through, especially before I was really adept at sitting and doing the gallery process. Because even, even now I get a little stressed out beforehand because it's not, for those who don't know, like mediumship is not my primary gift. It's one that I was closed off to for a very long time. So he almost acted as a conduit. Like he'd bring in relatives if I was working with my own family, but then he would start bringing in other people's relatives. And actually he came, he came through in last night's gallery as well. He had a message for my mother, which was (laughs) interesting because he doesn't usually have messages. He really is. He almost acts as a guide to those who are coming through. So it was kind of, that was kind of cool. But I I want to say this might've been maybe about a year ago. Time gets a little fuzzy with me. It's probably about a year ago. And I was sitting in my living room. No, I'm sorry. It was the bedroom. And I looked out and I saw a white dog go from kind of where my bathroom is towards the dining room. And I thought it was my dog. Cause I have a white dog and I look and he was happily asleep in bed in this room. And I realized like, that was our, that was our dog muffin that had passed. Cause it was about the same size. And he had been in my house visiting when my mother came. And so I wonder if he was just like paying me a visit, but it was like, it, it looked I don't usually get physical. It's it's usually telepathic or what's called mental mediumship. So I kind of see it in my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. But this was physical. I thought my dog was in the other room. And it was like, whoa. (laughs) It it was so startling because I don't I don't get that that physical input. Mm -hmm. So when it does happen, you know, that was probably one of the more memorable. And the only other one was I was called to do a mediumship reading for a horse and the person wanted me to actually go to the barn. And I did, but I told her, I said, I don't have to like, this is something we can do over the phone, but she absolutely wanted me there. Well, that horse really came and visited and started talking to me the day before. I had not seen pictures of this horse, had not met this horse. I don't know a ton about horses, but it came to visit. I was able to describe the markings to her and how he passed because he gave me a lot of information prior. I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, the, it was pretty cool." But I was in my shower when this horse is visiting. I'm like, <laughs> "Why are Why are you here at this moment?" Beautiful horse, but yeah, animal animal energy is great. Something that's been happening
1: for myself lately is I'll be say I'm in a room and I think I see Taco walk by. And I look down and he doesn't, you know, maybe about a minute or two later, he'll walk by exactly like how I thought I saw him prior. It's not like I see him, you know, something out of the corner of my eye and I can see him across the room. Like, it's almost like I see what's going to happen before he does it. Very much like a premonition. So I find it interesting that that's starting to increase a little bit. But I also know that you had tuned in, Jay, to... The dog that I had growing up as being around mm. Taco now, and the dog that I had growing up passed away at the age that Taco is now. So, oh. keeping an eye on him, Taco's super healthy. Everybody, he's all right. He's got a clean bill of health. He's just, <laughs> uh, he's just getting a little long in the tooth. So, but like I said, I've noticed, you know, his energy is definitely shifting, and you know, maybe I'm just picking up on on the shifting energy, but. Yeah, I'll be like, "Oh, I just saw I thought I saw a taco walk by his food dish and then, you know, right after that he walks by his food dish just like how I just saw him." So, I find that, you know, to be an an interesting observation
0: within the last few months. So, you know, what well, that could be because people can telepathically communicate with their animals and where your gifts are increasing, He might not be purposefully telling you what he's about to do, but you might be picking up on his thought of like, hey, I'm going to walk in this direction now. And so you're able to like, they don't really talk to us in words as much. They see the world through smells, sounds, and images. So he might be projecting the image of what he's about to do because he's thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so now you're seeing that picture or image or video of him taking the next step. So you could be just communicating with him. Yeah, I think,
1: you know, that makes sense, you know, as an empath, too, now that he's getting older, I'm paying more attention to him and and really trying to tune into what he needs and when he needs it. So, yeah, that that absolutely makes sense. But it's funny, too, every time, (laughs) anytime someone talks about like an animal bringing them a message, all I can think of are like those St. Bernards in the mountains that have the little like beer barrel, like collar on. And it's like, oh, there's a message. inside. (laughs) I don't know why that's all. That's the only image I can think of when I say they, Oh, they have a message. It's just, they have
0: that little, like that little beer barrel around their neck. (laughs) It's got something inside for them. (laughs) Sometimes I feel bad when there's not like a message message. It's like, they're, they're just normally happy to be around their people or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, or like, here's my ball. Like the, the animal messages are really pretty simple. It's like, Hey, Hey, look, I got my tennis ball or, Oh, I miss you. Can you rub my belly? Or, you know, like, or I didn't really like that food you gave to me, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, it's like, they're, they're very simple messages. They're not overly complex. Mm -hmm. They do like to hang around their people. Michelle actually helped me with my dog when I first got him. I don't know if you remember that, Michelle, but I do yeah I remember that was really, really, so instrumental in him and I bonding. he He was a rescue, and he was not responding to his name at all. I got to the point where I was even trying other names, like maybe they gave the wrong name. like he just was not responding and you know, we were hanging out one night and I kind of posed the question, like, can I pick up on his name? Well, Michelle came in with like, just all sorts of information, but then kind of had that telepathic communication and let him know what the real story was. Cause he had things kind of confused around. Well, when I got home that night, I called his name and he ran to me like it was it was the first time Aww. that he had responded. And it was right after Michelle had that that connection with him.
1: Michelle, do you have that connection with like other animals? Is that like a thing that you kind of like a gift that you have that could be worth exploring? Have you noticed that happening any other times with other animals?
2: Sometimes. That was a little bit unique because it was like a guided communication and you know we all uh everybody in class tried to you know tune into the dog and basically figure out what's going on with the dog here yeah it was an interesting experience because i remember the first thing is the mindset of the dog was very surprising to me because like you said when you tune into someone's energy or something's energy you get the feeling for like their essence and essence of a dog is, you know, very different than, you know, like a person. I remember he one of the first things he said is he likes the way the house smells. (laughs) And it was funny because JD had said someone else had told her on a different occasion when they tried to communicate with the dog that they also said that they liked how the dog likes how the house smells. So something in the house is delicious smelling to the dog. (laughs) (laughs) And what happened was Uh, right before she adopted him, I guess he had been spayed and he thought that they wanted her to take him but she didn't like how he was so he had to have surgery so that she would like him. Like He thought the surgery was to fix him so she would like him. And I explained and I said, no, the surgery, again, it's not words like J.D. was saying, impression. No, your surgery was to keep you healthy. It wasn't anything to do with with that and um so basically the mix-up was he thought they gave him surgery so so she would like him then the impression was changed to you know the surgery was so you could be healthy and then after that he was okay so basically he was upset because he thought he went under the knife because
0: jd didn't like how he was. and side note i don't think you had known at the time but He had a lot of trauma around that. When I got him, he was very sick. They botched the first neutering. So they had to go in, do it again. And when I got him, he had this weird like cast like thing around his groin area. So I couldn't really see what was going on. I guess it was to keep him from licking. But when it was removed, it was like black and blue. Like it was infected. And I had never seen a dog post-surgery, so I didn't know that that was not normal. And another friend who was the first one to physically meet him said, you need to get him to the vet ASAP because that is badly infected. So he was on several weeks of antibiotics around that. So he, he had had some trauma, so I could see how he might be you know, pissed off <laughs> that he had to go through all that. But the, the moment, like I got home after she told him that and kind of straightened his little mind around, he just ran to me. And it was like, I I, I think I cried. It was just, it was such a big turnaround. And it was, I'm still grateful for that. Well, when you said,
1: when you were talking about the surgery, Michelle, one of the word that is very commonly used for spay and neutering is fixed. So you said the word fixed and, you know, he thought there was something wrong, you know, and, that he needed to be fixed, and it's funny how that Mm. word resonated because, you know, know, animals don't quite understand language, but they understand energy, and so when you use the word fix, it's because something's wrong and you have to correct it. So just like I said, that was just when you had mentioned it, that really had resonated with me, and I wonder if that energetically had something to do with it. Just the word that was used had something to do with that as well.
2: Yeah, maybe the dog had overheard a conversation or they had one maybe saying like, oh, we have to take you to, you know, get fixed so you can get adopted or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he took it in. Oh. almost like be like, okay, you have to get a nose job so we can marry you off. <laughs> like, you <know>? Like, <laughs> That was the impression I was getting from him is that oh. this was like she didn't like how I was. So they did this to me. So she would take me is like the impression.
0: And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs>
2: So I think there was a bit of a grudge there.
0: Yes. (laughs) And understandably so, because if I were in his position, I would be ticked (laughs) off too. Be like, no, I'm great just the way I am. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why did you do this to me? I was
2: fine the way I was. You didn't need to change me around for this lady. Yeah, but he... (laughs)
0: And he was older. Like, usually they do that when they're still like, you know, just past adolescence, but he was two and a half at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that's old enough to be like, whoa. like. Mm-hmm. And actually the conversation at the rescue could have been, you know, so that we can adopt him. He needs to be fixed. You know, so that actually could, you know, have been energetically like, we can't adopt him out if he isn't this. So kind of, he wasn't completely wrong. It's just that I didn't require it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, the impression was, I don't think he, he he didn't know what the surgery was. He just thought that, yeah. It was almost like what a person would think was a cosmetic surgery. If somebody said, oh, you need this cosmetic surgery, you know, to get this modeling job or something. It was that kind of impression. He was very confused about why this was done to him. Poor baby. But um, it was okay. Yeah, I I would be pissed
0: off too if I thought someone
2: did (laughs) that to me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Just for the record, doggies out there, we love you as you are. You are perfect as you are And kitty cats. Same thing. See, I always wish that I had a stronger
1: connection with animals because I would totally, like, just take it. But I'm the type that I'll go up to, like, anything that I see and I'm like, hi, I want to pat you and love you. Like, let me love you. And they just totally back <laughs> off. And I'm like, wow, what am I missing? Like, <laughs> So we clearly need to get an animal psychic on here so that I can find out what I have to do to let me love them.
0: <laughs> oh, we. We can apps you you and I, we can, you know, maybe it'll be a fun summer special. We can yeah. uh, tap into that. Yeah, we'll bring our dogs on as guests. They can <gasps> just hang out, you know. Oh, that, that would be awful. Oh, no. <laughs> right? Can you imagine? On. Oh, that'd be the worst workday ever. <laughs> I think a big misunderstanding I've seen
2: with people who claim to do animate communication or want it is they there seems to be this personification expectation you know and like we were talking about that's not what you're getting you're getting a whole different kind of creature you know their thoughts are not like our thoughts so I find it very confusing when I see that happening Mm -hmm. where they're like oh the dog said all this stuff and I'm like what Like the dog said it wanted like a purple dress and like it was feeling emotional today because you didn't tell it, it was pretty. Like, it's just not things
0: dogs think about, you know? No, no, not, not at all. Michelle, thank you so much for saying that. Yes. (sighs) Thank you. The human expectations
1: on animals. Yes.
0: Yeah. And then they, and then
2: sometimes people are disappointed if they do, because they get this very simplistic reading and they're like, oh, well, I wanted my dog to tell me it was talking to my dead dog. And, you know, they played cards every Friday night. It's like, no, that's not, <laughs> you know, you're, you're putting a human personality on a dog and it's not, it's just not there. That doesn't happen. Managing expectations is really important going into it.
0: Well, you know, it when I first started along this journey, one of the early exercises was animal communication. And I was tuning into my parents' dog, his name was Muffin, and he would speak in triplicate, like pet me, pet me, pet me, food, food, food. Like every it it was like simple one word or two-word sentences, but it was in triplicate. And it's funny, I don't know if either of you have seen on YouTube or I mean they're they're all over the place now. But there's several dogs and cats that use these push buttons oh yeah to yep. communicate. Yes. Well, a lot of times they do press in duplicate and triplicate. And it was like when I heard that I was like oh my gosh, they really are t-? you know, sometimes when I do this work I wonder am I really getting what I'm getting? Like am I really getting it? Like it's, is it real every once in a while? Like even no matter how many, how much validation you get, you're always like, am I really seeing this? Come on now. Is it really? And when I heard that, and when I saw it, I was like, yes, they do talk in triplicate, like not always, but quite often there's this cat, Billy, and like, she'll hit mad. She's known for being mad often, like two (laughs) or three times, like mad, mad, mad. <laughs> I need that button. <laughs> um. And what about Bunny? Will do that too. That's a a big. I think she's a standard poodle, and she goes around and and it's funny because almost every time she'll walk around the buttons. Think about it. And she will make fully kind of formed sentences or thoughts, but every once in a while, I think she kind of reverts back and she'll do that like two or three times on the same button. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, I wonder if like, that's just like, cause their minds are so active and they're, you know, where our thoughts kind of wander and meander. Mm -hmm. I wonder if animals are a bit more singularly minded. And they know those keywords, too. Like, you know, like you said, yes. food, food, food. Like, for them, that makes
1: absolute <laughs> sense. It's just that's what they want. Right to the point. More people yes. should be like this. <laughs> food, 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 mad, mad, mad. <laughs> like <laughs> Yes.
2: Yes. I wonder if there would be a difference
1: in communicating
2: with domesticated animal versus a wild animal. Because when you were saying the thing about triplicate, I was thinking... Well, when your dog asks for breakfast, does it ever get your attention the first time? Not really. It has to basically follow you around. Hey, breakfast, um, breakfast, uh, my bowl, um, my bowl. So is it that their minds are duplicating or is it that they're used to having to ask many times to get our attention?
0: Oh, deep thoughts
1: with Michelle. I love it. Oh, that's a really great question. I've noticed that with when I have a, a spirit guide show up. Like I said, usually it's it's shamanic meditation, but then there's the odd times where I'll see a wild animal that I don't often see in my area or like I'll just get that notice to look up and I do and I I happen to spot it. I think the communication there is different. It's energy. So I always find myself looking up, well, what's the energetic symbolism of that creature? So for wild animals, it's definitely more of an energy, but I think with the domesticated animals... I think there are those those snippets of communication where it is like a singular word quickly like you said either to catch our attention or maybe that's just energetically how they how they do that I don't know but that's like yeah this is some this is some cool stuff now I have to really think about this
0: yeah it's as you're talking about this I'm thinking about it And the few wild animals I've picked up when I do house cleansings, they've never even tried to communicate with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most of the time, like they look up. Yeah. They'll look at me and then they kind of move on. So that, that's really interesting, Michelle. Like that's a, I'm going to have to pay more attention to that. Wow. Yeah. I've never. Uh, you you you're witnessing a blown mind <laughs> on <laughs> which is why words are not coming to me yeah. very like whoa i've never thought about that
1: yeah even um even the shamanic meditations the animals they'll like you said they look at you and look away or they'll start to walk away and i have to follow them there there really is yes. no communication other than they're there and they've caught your attention and, yes, you know, so the wild animals, like, that's it. They just catch your attention. But the domesticated ones, all I know is that Taco absolutely hates his new birthday cake shaped hat. And I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. Like, he did not need to use words to tell me that he hates that hat. <laughs> but it's shaped like a birthday cake and it's absolutely adorable on him. I wish he loved it, but he doesn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, mine will tolerate it for a minute and then shake him off.
1: Yes, as long as I can get the picture, I'm fine.
2: Well, I know we've discussed in um in JD's class before about how with spirit, again, back to managing expectations, there's this idea that when you die, all of a sudden you become this wealth of knowledge, like all the, <laughs> you, know, mm. you know, all the answers. And that's not the case, you know, with spirit, you know, when you pass, the person they were in life is Probably going to be very similar to the person they are once they pass. They're they're the the same spirit, you know? So uh, I would guess that would be true of animals too, right? If they're a a wild creature that didn't really interact with humans, you know, that's just not something they they would do or think to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You are on point, Michelle. Yeah. And if there's any animal psychics out there,
1: definitely contact us let us know what you think too, either on our socials email, or like I said, if you ever want to be a guest, uh, we would love to learn more about this topic. We totally went down, you know, no pun intended. We went down a rabbit hole on this one. So So we'd love to hear from any uh, animal psychic professionals out there. Definitely. uh, Let us know what you think about this episode. And if you want to be a guest, let us know. Absolutely.
2: That would be interesting. I'd love to see kind of a, I guess study you'd call it where they would compare wild animals to domestic animals and just how that works.
0: That would be very interesting. Oh, I would love that.
1: Yeah. And even like beyond like the, the fluffy ones too, you know, the folks who have connections with reptiles, with insects, you know, to find out, you know, what,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what that level of energy is. That's pretty cool too. Cause I have a friend who, She's got, like, bearded dragons and all this stuff, and it really interacts, too. Like, it, it knows th- her schedule. It knows when to eat. It will, like, bang on the glass so that it can come out and, and hang out with the family. So, yeah, like I said, even beyond the uh, the cute and
0: fluffy ones. I had a chicken come through in gallery once. wow the person had a farm and, or I think their family had like a small farm and they had kept chickens and this chicken came through into gallery. It was like, oh, okay. I don't remember them saying much, but it, it was more of like, I'm a chicken. I'm here. Hi. <laughs> like, it was, It's like, I, I didn't get much feedback. <laughs>
2: Well, that's what they said in life, right? They'd walk up, where's my seat? I'm a chicken, I'm here. Come on.
0: Yes. Yes, it really is. Like what you were saying before, <laughs> Michelle, like how they were in life is how they are in person. I imagine with, with a lizard, I imagine again, I've not I don't think I've ever I'm not gonna say I haven't because I don't I just don't remember if I have or not, but I imagine with lizards or reptiles, it's probably similar. Like I'm here. I want this. It's not warm enough. Can I have a new rock to lay on? You know, like, but again, I kind of feel like it would come through in images because I don't feel like they respond as much to language, but I haven't lived with one, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that is a great, great question. Again, any listeners, if you have telepathic experiences with, because you don't have to be just a pet psychic. And, and actually I really loved what Michelle said that some of these people who are pet psychics are coming up with these whole narratives. And I almost wonder if it's, if it's a way to kind of prove that what they're getting is valuable, but if you just explain to the person, like, that's not how pets communicate. This is what they're communicating to me this is how you don't need to have the whole big long narrative Mm -hmm. because that's not what an animal would do. They love us simply. They don't put conditions. Like we're the ones who have all the narratives. It's like, well, we will love each other. If I will love another human, if they fill this like checklist, but animals are like, you smell good. You feed me. I like the pets you give me. We're good. You know, like, (laughs) I just want
1: the energy of a chicken to just show up and be like, "Yep, it's me. I'm here," <laughs> and just.
0: <laughs> oh, Lisa, give it time. The longer you do this, the more likely you'll come across a chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I will say, I've never had a fish come through. I've, I of of all the years doing this, I don't think I've ever had a fish. But probably somebody will listen and be like, "Hey, remember when?" So if I brought a a fish through for you at some point, listeners, I'm sorry if I have forgotten. Um, But yeah, I don't ever recall hearing from fish or lizards or like reptilian, but I don't doubt that there is, that there can be very strong connections, as you were saying with the bearded dragon, because they are very intelligent. I have, I have seen them in person and they are very in tune with what's around them well you know this is not where I expected this to go today but I love I love because Michelle and I were talking a little earlier about so what are we going to talk about today I'm like you know we're just a free flow kind of kind of podcast like wherever it's meant to go and I love it because this is a topic we really have not covered at all yeah
1: yep Spirit takes us in the direction that we need to go, and we just go with it. Going back to even, like you said, you've never had a fish come through, whatever. So I always wonder, too, when people choose pets, like energetically, what draws them to a specific animal? So as a kid, anytime I had to do a report or, you know, anything on an animal, I would always choose fish. And I didn't know why. I knew we, we had an aquarium at home. But we had a dog at home, too. But I was very drawn to fish. And it wasn't until I started to learn more about astrology that I realized I have very heavy Pisces placements. Oh, So I don't know if energetically that that was something that I had picked up on without knowing astrologically that that was a, a strong sign for me and a strong, you know, water is a very strong sign with all my placements. So I always wondered, too, if like choosing a pet, you know, if there's like an astrological, like a vibe to it, like if you're earthy, would you choose a dog or a cat? Or if you were more of a fire sign, would you choose the reptiles and stuff? You know, like, I kind of wonder, like, where, you know, how someone chooses a pet or not, you know, if there's people that are just like, not, not animal people, you know, like, I always wonder, like, what energetically draws people to the pet that they choose?
0: Well, Michelle, what is your experience with that? like what sign are you i forget
2: i'm a scorpio
0: oh okay same so, yep so you
1: have water energy right there so all the pets i've adopted
2: have kind of shown up <laughs> 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 that funny the first cat i adopted it wasn't really a good match um <laughs> it was kind of funny when i was nine my parent, i really wanted a cat so my parents got me a kitten for my birthday and I picked this little kitten. It was a tortoiseshell kitten, and I didn't know anything about tortoiseshells. Those cat people out there have probably heard about the tortitude. (laughs) 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 tortoiseshell cats are known for having quite quite an attitude, Um, but I did not know this being a nine-year-old girl, and I got the cat, and the cat was very skittish, really just wanted a quiet, calm place, and that was not what it was getting with a nine-year-old girl. Um but my sister, my sister was very, very quiet and reserved, bookworm type. So the cat went into her room, they fell in love and that was it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you know, so it did it did work out. But then um uh, my next door neighbors moved and they had a cat named Tigger and Tigger did not want to move apparently. So they took the cat to the new house. The cat ran away came back to their old house which was next door to us did this several times. I started feeding the cat because I didn't want it, you know, to be hungry, and so the cat started bonding with me, and then eventually the cat ended up in our house, and my mom called the neighbors and basically said, you know, if you'd like, we'll just go ahead and adopt the cat, and they said, yeah, that's fine, because the cat keeps running away so we can't seem to keep the cat at the new house anyway it just keeps running back to the old house so if that's where it wants to be and you want to adopt the cat that's fine no problem so you know they came over and you know visited the cat and everything but the cat and I just kind of like bonded and it was it was named Tigger and she was an awesome awesome cat and it was like you said kind of just like our personalities meshed and we were a good fit for each other my dog that i adopted when i was younger i got a dog as a teenager her name was jamie and she was a beagle whippet mix oh we interesting mix yeah we got her at the humane society and i walked in we went to look at dogs you know how that goes you you go you go to look and you know you leave with one <laughs> but we went to look at dogs and she kind of I guess petitioned us, you know, she saw us and she started looking at us and she kept licking her cage. Like she was, we said she would blow kisses because she would just lick into the air. (laughs) And she was just basically like saying like, Hey, over here, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so we did our meet and greet and she just, she was very much like, you know, very interested in us. Oh, how sweet. uh, Yeah. So it's all, it's almost. You know, like um, I don't know, like a pairing, you know, uh, for us, you meet the animal and it just you just click. I had another cat later on, and that one was kind of the funniest. I went to go and get a kitten when my first cat died. I was devastated, and a couple months later, I went to go get a new kitten, and well, not so much a kitten, but I ended up getting a kitten, and we went to a no kill, and there was these kittens in this cage and they were nasty kittens they were really nasty Aww. they were hissing and they were really mean but there was this little white and gray kitten and it was sleeping and I walked up to the cage to look at them and the cat looked at me for a second went back to sleep and for like a second then got up there's like looked at me again got up stretched walked over to the end of the cage where I was and just sat there it was almost like she was taking a nap and it was like Oh, you're here. Okay, let me get (laughs) (laughs) it. It was, I was sleeping. It just gave me a look, gave me a second look, got up and came over. So I was like, okay. (laughs) So we ended up adopting her and she was a really, really awesome cat. And then the other ones I inherited from my father-in-law when he passed. My dog I have now, we found her on Pet Finder. We went to go meet her and it was her and her two siblings. And same, she was just, she just bonded with us. She just was kisses and excited and very much like, you know, yep, you know, you're my family, you know, kind of let us know, you know, she was interested in us and kind of that scenario. So it's kind of always been like, you meet and you just they just kind of give you a sign, you mm-hmm. know, like, if, you know, if you like them and you think they're a good choice, they just kind of somehow, somehow give you a sign that like, yes, I want to be in your yep. family. You know, yep. You're my family. This is, this is, I pick mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of scenario.
1: Love it. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate having you here with us today because that was quite the Quite the adventure that this podcast took today. Oh, it was, it was great.
2: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for having
0: me. JD's known me for years and she knows rabbit holes. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yes. There, there are many that we could go down and I imagine, you know, we may have another visit with you sometime in the future on a totally different topic.
1: Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Folks, thanks again for joining us here at Visit with Spirit. And until next time, may love and light surround you and your loved ones. Thank you for joining us today for our Visit with Spirit. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you have any questions or comments or would like to be a guest on our show, email us at visitwithspirit at gmail.com or find us on social media. Until next time, may love and light surround you. And come back again to Visit with Spirit.